Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today, we are covering Get Out, which is a listener request by Gopher Unboxing. So thank you for requesting the movie. But before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. What do you got? I've got... I know you're dying to show it off. Tea cat. <laughs> a cute cat mug. But in addition to that, I am drinking a Mandalorian-inspired tea. It's uh, it's by a new tea company I haven't tried before. It's called the Republic of Tea. But the tea is called the Child Green Tea. And you can see it's so cute. Grogu or Baby Yoda. Um, but it's got green tea, honey, uh, linden blossoms, ulithro, and ginseng. Which linden blossoms and ulithro I have not heard of. But it sounded tasty. What about you? So I am trying another Zest Tea brand tea. It's their Earl Grey tea. So it's black tea and bergamot. And it smells amazing. So for our tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope that you enjoy the review. So for Get Out, it is from... The main character's perspective where he is going to meet his girlfriend's family. And it's kind of awkward from the beginning. Um, As if meeting the parents wasn't awkward enough. Yeah. And he comes to find out that they are actually capturing African Americans and transferring their brains into their bodies. Yeah, it's it's... It's a lot. But anyway, and that's pretty much all you need to know. It Obviously, the main character gets out of there and survives. So it's a happy, happy ending for the most part, except for it the people that already the got captured. Well, we're going to go with the, the ending in the, the theater. <laughs> so for entertainment, I would personally rate this an eight. And the reason being is because it's such a very deliberate, artful film. Like, every single scene was thought of. And I couldn't... The fact that it was so deliberate, but it was filmed in only 23 days. It's impressive. That's extremely impressive. It's definitely impressive. And fun fact, Jordan Peele, which, I mean... Hopefully, most of the listeners know who Jordan Peele is. He became the first African-American writer, producer, and director to earn more than $100 million in a debut film. So that's that's pretty freaking cool. So just had to shout that fun fact out. Yes. <laughs> but besides that, I love it because it's a very uncomfortable movie. Like, even though I rate this an 8, which is normally a go-to movie for me... It's not a movie that I would deliberately pick out very often because it is so uncomfortable, 
but it's so important for us to have films that represent other people's experiences and perspectives. And I really think we need more films like this. We do, for sure. It is uncomfortable, but it definitely also makes you think. So we need more of those. Yes. And of course, there, because it is from a perspective, there's so many layers to this film. Um, and a lot of layers, I feel like not everyone would be able to understand unless if they've lived that same perspective. Mm-hmm. And I love the the way that they unravel the mystery of what's going on with the family. And then with the girlfriend betraying him. It's like watching it the first time, it's like, holy shit, like it's kind of shocking. But then watching it several times, you know, watching it a second time and onwards, it's really cool to see how she's manipulating the situation. You definitely pick up on more of the subtle cues. Yes. Yes. And of course, I just love, I mean, it's Jordan Peele, so there had to be some level of humor. So I just love the mixture of horror, comedy. I love the friend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, artfulness to the film. And it's kind of interesting because in an, an interview, Jordan Peele did mention that horror and comedy are actually kind of on the, the same coin on like how you set it up. Intuitively, you wouldn't think that comedy translates very well to horror, but it Hey, it we found really well. some good combos. There's a delicate balance, I feel like. It's really easy to go too comedic or too horror, and the comedy just feels off. So there's a, a delicate balance, and he actually really hits that balance very well. Yeah. Like, well, and it's apparently he came up with the script. Like, way before he even thought it was going to be a movie. Um, so I think in a way that helped make the film as deliberate as it was. Mm-hmm. I, Honestly, I would love to read, like, a more in-depth novel version of this. If if it's out there, I, I don't think it's a book. No. But, but if to- it was... <laughs> I would definitely read the hell out of it. <laughs> well, and then, I mean, with a book, they could play around with the the unraveling of the mystery yes. a lot more, for sure. Yes, it wouldn't feel quite as rushed, I feel like. So what would you rate the film, my dear? So I would give this a 7.5. I would like to rate it higher, but it's not one of my go-tos either. I do really, really like this film, and it definitely makes you think. And there's something that you find out or notice each time you watch it, something new. So it's it's definitely one that you will have to watch multiple times to really pick up on all the subtleties and clues and things like that. But it's a really good, artful film. Mm. I just wouldn't say, you know... First, right off the bat, let's watch this particular film when going for a horror movie. It is very psychological. It's not so much like a intense action, sense of urgency type film. They do have a sense of urgency, but it's mostly at the end, which is understandable considering what all is going on at the end. But otherwise, it's it's a bit more of a slow burn. And you're just kind of wondering what's going on and why these people are so weird. So, <laughs> until you figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's not one that I would definitely pick first, 
but I wouldn't say no to it if someone else suggested it first either. It's it's definitely a good one, and I will be watching it again for sure. Also, this tea is very strong. Oh, well, good. It's got a very bold, punchy-in-the-mouth flavor for sure. <laughs> but it's also got high caffeine, too. <laughs> Could use just a little bit of sweetness, I think. But it's good. Yes, and in the UK, they normally do milk with Earl Grey. It depends. It depends on the area and the time and the type of tea. But milk is pretty common. I probably wouldn't do milk. I might do just a tiny bit of honey. I'm actually curious, for all of those tea seppers out there, do you just drink your tea plain or do you like to add anything in with it? I like to drink mine plain first to get the notes of it and everything and decide what would go best with it. There are some teas that I like milk with, others I want sugar only, some I like to mix milk and sugar, others I want just straight up honey. So it it depends on the tea and my mood for the day. <laughs> Sometimes I just want it dark like my soul. <laughs> I feel like most of the, the art of this movie is the subtleties, and one of the ways they do that is with the color red. So with, with this color, it draws your eye, and it's always to something or someone that's bad. It gives you clues on who not to trust in the film. So the main character never wears red. He's almost always in blue, and so is his friend. Oh. Yes. But he's also TSA. Paying attention. Does, yeah, doesn't TSA? Well, even when he's blue? off, even when he was off, he was yeah. wearing a bright blue shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But even his girlfriend, who on the first watch, most people think, and I definitely thought, that she wasn't necessarily in the know. She seemed to come across very genuine. She was in on it too. She will wear red lipstick or a red striped shirt, or something of the like. And she drives a red car. <gasps> I didn't even... <laughs> Holy crap! Like, does anyone... Ha have the, has anyone seen an interview where Jordan Peele explains the red and what his idea was supposed to represent? Because there is a lot of red There's in There's a lot movie. of red. And everyone that was there at the auction had some kind of red in varying shades, but it was all some form of red, be it the glasses that one lady had that was like bright red frames or red lipstick or a red scarf or a tie or a pocket square or shirt or dress or something red for all of the white people that were in on it. Now, the people that had been taken over weren't necessarily always wearing red, but they were also using something to cover the top of their head. The men were wearing a hat at all times, and the woman was constantly messing with her hair and looking at her hairline and everything and adjusting everything to hide the giant scar. They're a horrible surgeon. A giant scar across the top of their head. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the... Honestly, one of my favorite characters is the girlfriend. The hunter. Just because she's such a complex character. I hate her. But I love her. 
He wigs me out. I love watching her and studying her. Because, again, on first watch, she comes across as fairly genuine. And you don't necessarily think that she's in on it. That, you know, maybe she's not aware of what's going on with her family and everything. She doesn't seem to really click as much with her family. She seems a little embarrassed of them for the most part. And you think maybe she's kind of the black sheep. Maybe she's not in on it. She doesn't know what's going on. Maybe it's just her family. But then you start to notice she is trying to push him to go there. She's trying to keep him there. And when they go to have the auction, she suggests that they take a walk instead. And she uses manipulative techniques in the conversation to make sure that he doesn't go anywhere. That he stays with her and comforts her. Very, very manipulative. Uh Uh-huh. And, like... She's definitely very well practiced, especially once you see all those pictures. (laughs) Oh, yes. And she seems very proud at the end when she's sitting on the bed and starts scrolling through looking for her next target. She looks very self-satisfied with her pictures behind her on the wall, looking very proud of herself, job well done, patting herself on the back, basically. So you can see that switch in her psyche. And it's just a complete 180 from what she had portrayed before. So she is very good at what she does, for sure. So, a little too good. A little bit. Yeah. And it is very unnerving also to see the ones that have been taken and that have been changed to see how they act and how big of a difference it is. They seem very stiff, almost robotic. They don't talk quite like you would expect they're very it seems very forced very controlled and when they smile it is one of the creepiest things you've ever seen it's just such a fake plastic smile it's just teeth (laughs) it's just it's just there well there's a point in which a smile just becomes teeth when there's like no emotion or anything behind it you're legitimately just showing your teeth yeah And it's weird. Yeah. Can't argue that. Yeah. Yeah. It was creepy. Very creepy. So job well done there. (laughs) But I do have a few things on the realism scale for sure. So I will leave it at that for now. Okay. (laughs) Well, so for realism, it's like at first I I rated it a six, but then with the thing that you will be talking about, I'm like, oh, man. So I think I will... You can do a six. That's fine if you feel it's a six. Mm, I You're think... usually a bit of a softie there anyway. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. I think I will actually lower it to a five. But, I mean, compared to a lot of the other movies that we've reviewed, five is pretty good. Better. Yeah, it's... it's definitely better than a lot of other ones we have seen. Yeah, but of course, it was very difficult to think of the realism scale for this movie because it is a perspective movie. But like a few of the realistic things I was like, ooh, (laughs) was the the white people being super awkward and very overcompensating when speaking to someone of a different race or ethnicity. Mm -hmm. Um, Painfully realistic. 
Yeah, it you don't yes. see it all the time, but whenever you see it, you're just like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it hurts to watch, but you know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then the gore, like there's not a whole lot of gore in this movie. They don't show much at all. But the gore that they show actually is pretty realistic. It wasn't crazy over the top. Like it definitely did this movie justice Mm because I felt like if they had gone a little over the top, it wouldn't have had the same impact. It was tasteful gore and it made sense when it was used. So they didn't go crazy over the top. They didn't overuse it or anything. It wasn't gore for the sake of gore. If you're not into gore movies, this is definitely a good one for you. It's like, what, two scenes? Three? And other than that, it wasn't wasn't anything. (laughs) Yeah. It is largely a psychological film. Yeah, and I typically am not a fan of gory movies, and the the stuff that they show didn't really bother me much. So yeah, it's not bad at all. But I will say the <laughs> the one thing that irked me, which I know you're going to make fun of me for, is when the girlfriend <laughs> is eating, is it Fruit Loops? I guess it's Fruit Loops. Dry. <laughs> and then she finishes by like washing it down with milk. I don't it necessarily see me. anything wrong with this, honestly. It bothered me. I really me don't. So much. But you're also not much of the type to like go for a glass of milk. But, I've but that's not, not the point. The point is go for it. cereal is meant, oh, if you eat cereal dry, then that's fine. But if you're going to have it with milk, pick the milk in the bowl. <laughs> I feel like that's a little food elitist, but you know. Why are you being all judgy with the food? If anything, she's <laughs> being a food elitist, but I'm like, I'm not gonna mix my milk she's with my being cereal. efficient. It's on a tray when she's on the bed looking at a computer. So it's very efficient. She doesn't have to deal with, you know, a spoon that would potentially drip all over but everything. Is whole glass? So yeah, that's way she easier to pick fill up the, the milk in a bowl. She could pick up the glass and put it back down on the tray. <laughs> she doesn't have to use both hands, one holding the bowl and the other with a spoon. She's being efficient. I still, Why are you being all I judgy? Stand. Oh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, if anyone is like, I eat my cereal dry and I drink it with milk, <laughs> we will never be friends. <laughs> I'm gonna do that in front of you one day. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, so I'm I'm the the new solo host for the horror movie D podcast. I'm gonna do this in front of you one day, just cause. Okay, if, if there's anyone out there that actually eats dry cereal and washes it down with milk, tell me your logic, just please. I need to understand. Here. No, I am no, but. I'm not saying it'd be my go-to. I'm just saying it, it. I can see it. I can see it. She's having her snack and having just a little bit of milk to wash it down. And it's cereal as a snack. It makes sense. That's fine. Also, it's hilarious watching you freak out over nothing. So, you know. Did that scene wig anyone else out? <laughs> I need to know. Like, I can't be the I only person that was, you. like, traumatized by that scene alone. And the movie is traumatizing enough. It's like, such a wuss. <laughs> this is nothing. No, what gets me is the knife through the hand. And he doesn't even flinch. I'm calling BS on that. I'm calling BS. I 
They showed him in pain. He, not really. He didn't yell out nothing. He barely twitched an eye. Well, he's also trying to save himself and adrenaline. Yeah, but it's still gonna freaking hurt. It's a letter opener through the hand. But, I mean, they've shown multiple real-life examples where adrenaline, you don't realize you're hurt until after you come down. He was looking at it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he felt it. If anything, that would have been a psychological blow. Oh, there's a freaking letter opener in my hand. That's a problem. That's a slight problem. I say slight because, you know, he has bigger issues, but it's still a problem. (laughs) So what would you rate the realism? I did give it a five. Yay, samesies. Yeah. (laughs) So I give it a five. Uh, For the most part, I can see a lot of this happening, you know, obviously with some exceptions. But I do have an issue with the letter opener. And (laughs) with the surgery itself, you're going to remove someone's brain and put it into someone else's head. But keeping part of their brain, the part that deals with the nervous system but has nothing to do with the memory sector of their brain, which is being removed to make room for the new brain. Totally how this works. You know, you mentioning that, that kind of brings me back to body parts and the discussion on, like, the the head transplant mm-hmm. and how much of a nightmare that'd be. Like, the people that are being transplanted into someone else's body... There a second ago. That would be... <laughs> A nightmare. I mean, of course, a nightmare for the person mm-hmm. going through that because, yeah. But the the person that's like thinking that they're going to be so much better off is like that would be a nightmare scenario because it's like phantom limb, but your entire body. Yeah. If it was a thing that could work, which it's not, then that is an entirely new foreign body. You don't know how it feels, how it moves, the distances to everything when you're reaching, when you're walking, when you're bending anything. So completely different. I feel like in reality, that would be a lose-lose situation for everybody involved. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But they were kind of delusional, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. Very delusional. Yeah. I don't think they considered the whole picture. But, again, not how any of this works. I also call bull on the instant hypnotism thing. It's a gradual process. It's not an instant thing. And I seriously doubt that scraping click sound that made me want to shatter the cup over her head myself would instantly make him fall unconscious, basically. Or, like, paralyzed, unable to move. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about hypnotism. The The most I know about hypnotism is there is a part of the population that is susceptible to it, but not everybody is. Mm-hmm. But besides that, that is the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. Well, that and also, how does the daughter know that her targets would be that kind of person? The highly suggestible type. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't really... Talk about the other victims. They don't talk about, about like her if they had like traumas or, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, because with him it kind of makes sense because he he had the childhood trauma to mm-hmm. where it's like they could manipulate that 
But we can't confirm if that's the reason because yeah. we don't know a lot about the, the other victims. Yeah. And what if he just wasn't susceptible to it? What if he was an actually healthy person, like, had already dealt with it and moved on in a healthy way, <laughs> wasn't susceptible to hypnotism? I need more caffeine. Wouldn't that be so funny, though, if she was doing all that thing and then she did the ding and he's like, can you what? please stop that now? He's <laughs> like, well, what was supposed to happen? Like, that's just really annoying. Could you stop that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think your tea's mixed enough, madam. Can you please set the cup down or something or drink out of it or something, but knock it off? Like because if, <laughs> It's like if you still need a stir, you put way too much sugar. <laughs> or you did it the wrong way like they do at many restaurants where they give you a cold glass of tea and say we have packets of sugar and you call me a food elitist <laughs> okay that's just wrong that no and it's because just down to the bonds you need heat to break bonds for things to dissolve restaurants don't give a shit clearly <laughs> we're in the south <laughs> They're like, you're paying $6 for this. We don't care. We're in the South. <laughs> if you have a good sweet tea in a restaurant, you will do well in the South. If you do not have sweet tea, you will find it on the reviews. <laughs> I guarantee you'll find it on the reviews. They only sell unsweet iced tea with sugar packets, which is not how any of that works. Because you need the tea to be slightly warm at least, preferably hot, to pour the sugar in so it actually dissolves so you don't have these granules sitting at the bottom of your cup that do nothing until the last sip of your unsweet tea the entire time and then it's grainy. I love how we both had our food rants for this episode. I guess we can both call ourselves food elitists. <laughs> With certain things, yes. <laughs> because it's just wrong, okay? It's not how sweet tea works. Standing by it, too. <laughs> now, one thing they did do well in the realism, apart from, you know, the severely awkward moments and the best friend that's calling BS on everything and yes. telling him, run. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, he's for what it is. Here. That ain't right. Get out. <laughs> run. You need to leave, dude. This is yeah. a bad situation. Maybe don't be in there. <laughs> but another thing that I could see is if this situation were to actually happen, the girlfriend was bringing him around in the party like a show horse before auction. Literally before auction. So they're over here asking him ridiculous questions that most people, even if they were super awkward, still wouldn't ask. Ever. You'd hope not. You would hope. I know there are some out there that would still. But you would hope. <laughs> and others are like feeling him up. And everyone, when he's walking by, is looking him up and down and sizing him up. Yeah. Because it's about to be a purchase. <laughs> a very uncomfortable scene. Yes. But I can see that happening. So, well done. Awkward. Super awkward. But well done. Explain why you think it's something that you can see happening. Okay. I, okay. I see what you mean. Okay. You're saying that, like, if 
that scenario yes. were real life, you could see that happening. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I was like... I already said this is not a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But I had a brain fart. But if it were a thing... I was like, what? You need more caffeine. I'm like, this isn't real life. <laughs> you need more caffeine. I picked the better one. <laughs> uh, this is like twice the amount of a cup of coffee, caffeine-wise, by the way, guys. Zesty... Well done. Thank you. <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Okay. Well, <laughs> as always, thank you guys for joining us today. And, of course, please comment on what you guys thought of the movie. And if you'd like to recommend a movie and keep up to date with our content, of course, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and most places that you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to support our podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content. We really do appreciate it. We also have a Teespring if you'd like to support us monetarily. And you can find the sites mentioned in the links below. Um, but until next time, guys, stay safe and stay spooky. Bye! Bye.